Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, which shares stories of spiritual awakening, communication, healing energies, and ways to use intuition for personal growth and success. And today I am delighted to welcome Mae McCarthy, author of The Gratitude Formula, which shares her method to build with a grateful heart and help you create powerful, practical, and achievable goals. Hello, May, and thank you for joining us once again on Healing from Within. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and, and uh, happy holidays. Yes, okay. We are looking forward to the holidays. May, as listeners of Healing from Within, well know, my guests and I share our intimate stories and insights for beginning to understand life as both an energetic and physical life journey, which when completely understood, can help us engage the inner wisdom of our soul life to create a more prosperous, healthy, and purposeful human experience. In knowing we are spiritual beings also having a physical life, we can learn to let go of control issues and allow life to unfold in its miraculous way with less judgment, blame, and anger, and truly love life as it is. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Mae McCarthy, who has co-founded and grown seven successful companies in a variety of industries, helps us untangle ourselves from doubt, fear, or behaviors that hold us back from abundance and help us learn to say yes to prosperity and limitless possibilities. We will discover tools to use her seven-step practice of gratitude to create a happier life. May, I always love to ask my guests, and I guess I asked you this, but it's been a while, to think back to your childhood and remember a person, place, event, dream, or desire that may have shown you or others the lifestyle or interest that you would pursue in your adult life. So tell us something. Something that has been a key in my life is this idea about fair exchange of value. And I remember noticing that as a little girl growing up on the beach in Hawaii, when my parents explained to me and my nine older brothers and sisters <laughs> that um, they would certainly take care of us and get us through school and clothed and fed and stuff and take care of all of our basic needs and requirements. But if there was anything that we really wanted that was extra, that we should look for opportunities to help people solve problems, or to uh, create a convenience or a service that people might like to have. And if we could do that, if we could give a solution or a convenience, then the fair exchange of value would be that they would pay us, and then we would uh, go ahead and be able to buy all this extra stuff that we wanted. And I remember carrying that with me through all of the companies that I had as a kid. I started my first one when I was six years old. And I carried it through the different companies that I had as a kid and then uh, also into the seven companies that I've had as an adult where I, I looked to solve a problem that people were having 
and I also looked to supply a convenience or a service that would help make their lives easier. Yeah, and also bring prosperity to them. Well, yes, absolutely. And if I gave first, I always received even more. Mm. Well, you were working with uh, spiritual, the universal spiritual laws of energy, and I know that I read that you, when you were growing up as the youngest of ten children, you witnessed a number of extraordinary events that we can call miracles. Uh, there were sure. horrible car accidents that your brothers and sisters were in, and they were unhurt, and then you fractured your back while body surfing, and the doctor said mm-hmm. it was a miracle. So I, I know your family, your mother and father, I think most particularly your father, led you to understand uh, that uh, there were tools that we could use that could... Uh, bring to us what it was we most envisioned and put our efforts consistently into. So there were ways to create our desires in a way. And I think you were shown that as a child. And you introduced us in the book to your CSO. And uh, you want to tell us who that was and is and how, how that that helped you in all the activities you have pursued all the days of your life. So who no, is that? Oh, sure. I, thank you for asking. CSO stands for Chief Spiritual Officer. And as a uh, CEO of companies, mm-hmm. uh, founder and CEO of companies, I surround myself with people whose advice I value. I have a chief financial officer that advises us on the financial health and direction of our company and a chief information officer and a chief marketing officer. You know, these are all subject matter experts who know a whole lot more than I do about their area of expertise. And I decided that since I had been able to rely on intuition, uh, on this divine and creative intelligence of the Mm -hmm. universe that went way beyond my rational mind, I could rely on that to illuminate possible steps for me to take to achieve my goals that I wanted to bring it into our company. And I, so I gave it a title and brought it into my C-suite, and I call it the Chief Spiritual Officer, but I actually went one step further, and I put it at the top of our organizational chart so that I, as the CEO, reported to the CSO. And you know, you can imagine what my employees said. They're like, who's the CSO? Is it a man? Is it a woman? Can we meet them? And it was kind of fun. And what I okay. explained was, yeah, yeah. what I explained to them was that the CSO is a principal. And this principal um, could always be relied on to point out possible directions to take if we did some things on a daily basis to help enable it to show up and that would be mainly with gratitude to be focused on what we wanted outcomes to look like excellent so you weren't only working in the physical world uh, for prosperity in a material way but you were uh, illuminating the way of the universe or energy and the ways to connect to our highest values within ourselves, right and sure. know, knowing ourselves in a multidimensional way, I think it's wonderful. So go on to tell us, have there been any personal challenges that have awakened or heightened your spiritual pursuits? And 
can you mention any people along the way who have mentored or offered you uh, help in your own development? We know you started oh, with gosh, your, yes. your parents on the beautiful well, islands of Hawaii. I've right. recently been there. <laughs> oh, lovely. Where did you go? Um, where was I? Um, Maui. Oh, beautiful. That's so lovely. Well, I can tell you that in terms of gratitude being a effective success tool, um, I guess the first time that I noticed that I could use gratitude as part of my goal attainment strategy, um, it was when I was about 19 years old. I started a business with my sister, and when we would plan what we thought we were going to have for sales and then we would achieve it, we'd be so grateful and we'd jump up and down and be very excited. And after we did that, I decided I wanted to try being grateful for achieving our sales goals before they happened. And what ended up occurring as I was grateful for what I wanted, um, but I worded it as though I already achieved it, in advance, all sorts of intuitive ideas and thoughts and opportunities and directions started to show up. And I, I know in, in the spiritual world, we, we refer to that often as the law of attraction. Yes. And what was happening is I was getting intuitive directions to take action that ultimately resulted in me achieving exactly what I was being grateful for in advance. And I thought that that was just amazing. And my mother, who was a devout Catholic, had given me my first metaphysical book that sort of explained that process. And it was called The Game of Life, published in 1925, wow. uh, written by a woman named Florence Scovel Shin. And um, I, I often refer to Florence Shin as Emma Curtis Hopkins for dummies because <laughs> she makes it so easy to understand. And I thought that was a miracle formula. I thought uh, all I had to do was use my words, thoughts, and emotions and direct them towards something and be grateful for something in advance and that I would be guided and directed to all opportunities to make what I was focusing on manifest. Absolutely. And that has been a huge tool throughout my entire uh, life, uh, both not only professionally, but also personally. And it really works. I, I, it know, does. I know as an intuitive healer and medium who has con come to understand that we are co-creating and with our thoughts and actions, what we are seeing in our life is mirroring many of our uh, truest values and also sometimes our fears. So we have to yeah. learn to manage our thoughts and to lovingly talk to those in spirit and to those here in, a, in the form of a body, people we deal for with on a daily basis, communication is the key uh, to right. re realizing our, our, our potential. 
So let's go on to, you say there are a number of systems that people use to achieve success. Uh, that's in sports and in the arts and um, religious structures. So can you tell us something about that? Well, sure. What I, what I want people to know is that success is just a system. It's not a secret reserve for only a few. Right. And that people have already proved how powerful they are in using systems to achieve success. I mean, if they think about learning to drive a car, I mean, they weren't perfect the very first time they got behind the wheel. They had to put in a lot of conscious physical and mental effort to learn how to drive a car. And now they can probably drive home from work and not remember large parts of their drive home. They've, they've used repetition to master the situation. And the same thing in learning to read. And they had to sound out each letter, and now they can skim pages and get the same understanding. Or learning to ride a bike or, or learning to type on that crazy keyboard that's not even in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. They've put in rep- repetitive processes to learn. And the same is true in business. In business, we, we set, and set goals and let all of our employees know about it. And we measure our success against them. And in professional sports and music, they practice every single day, both mentally and physically, to perform at their highest levels. And, and in spiritual organizations, you know, we'll pray without ceasing or chant or, or do some things, use our words, thoughts, and emotions in a repetitive way in order to attract and manifest what we want in our life. Well, what I've decided to do in both of my books is remind people that they're already powerful, they've already achieved success before, and that they can do so again by using their words, thoughts, and emotions in a repetitive and organized fashion that's very, very efficient. You know, it takes 25, 30 minutes a day to, to actually have a goal planning meeting with that spiritual partner, with that di- source of intuition, with that divine intelligence uh, that knows everything. And then do a few other things to make what they want familiar and welcome so that they can shift their beliefs to possibility. Once they shift their beliefs to possibilities, anything is possible. Absolutely. Now, you you tell us about the seven steps of the daily practice that you were just starting to talk about. I know you have to spend about 30 minutes to make the most of this effort to create uh, good instruction, practice, and repetition, which you wrote about. So tell us something about the daily practice, some of the okay. uh, tools or some of the steps that we would take on a regular okay. basis. Okay. Okay. So in, in, in my book, The Gratitude Formula, since, since that's what we're talking about, step one of the seven steps of the gratitude formula, step one is the seven-step daily practice. So in that daily practice, you have a morning meeting with your spiritual partner, who I choose to call the CSO, but you can call spirit, divine intelligence, universe, you can call it whatever you want, but it is the source of all intelligence in the universe. Um, So you'll have a morning meeting, and that's where your first four steps of that daily practice happen. 
what you'll do is read something that puts you into an uplifting mood. Don't spend any more than five to ten minutes to do that. But you want to read stories about other people achieving the kinds of things that you want. That wonderful um, idea of if they can achieve it, I can achieve it. The second step is to write out a gratitude letter. Take up to 10 minutes and write about what you're grateful for that you have and what you want as though you've already achieved it. Using the words that describe that it is already done is very key here because that is going to stimulate your intuition and your subconscious to illuminate possibilities to make those statements true. The third step is to speak, to speak what you wrote out loud. You'll take up to five minutes to to essentially read out loud what you just wrote. That'll anchor the meaning more fully within you and let your brain know that you're very serious about achieving these goals. And then the fourth step in that morning meeting is to sit quietly and close your eyes and imagine a movie. Imagine yourself in a movie of one of your goals already completed. So instead of wanting to be financially free or wanting to to lose 10 pounds, you'll see yourself in that physically fit, trim, toned, energetic body that's easily moving through life. Yeah. So see yourself, imagine yourself there. Right. Now so you, your, that's yeah, your morning practice. Good. And you mentioned uh, Nicole Detling, who's a sports psychologist with the United States Olympics, and she said the more an athlete can imagine the entire package, the better it's going to be. So it's a multi-sensory right. Effort or endeavor uh, using uh, visualization, using prayer, using uh, um, meditation, many different tools to make it real within your thoughts, your heart, uh, your inner being, and then project it onto the outer world. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. So we go. Yeah, so that's. Then that's there's, your morning there's more. That's more. That's how we start. Then throughout the day, uh, you have to practice steps five and six. So can you right. tell us so you're about watching. that? Yeah. yeah, you're expecting and watching for leads. And leads are the things that I call intuitive messages. Now, these can show up as a strong thought to go somewhere or to do something or to contact someone. It could show up as a gut instinct that is telling you, you know, to do something or not to do something. You can, um, someone can show up with some information that, that just resonates with you and you know, yeah, that's the answer. You're just, you're just aware and you just know that that was the information that you needed. So you're, you're feeling in your body and, and watching your thoughts to see when something is showing up that has meaning. If you feel unsure about taking a step, let's say you get the strong thought to contact someone or go somewhere and you feel a little unsure about doing that, just simply ask your spiritual partner for another lead. You know, it's it, I do that all the time. I say, CSO, if that, if that thought or that idea was from you, make it show up again. And, and I'd really appreciate it if it could be in a little bit more obvious way. And sure enough, if it's something that you're supposed to do, it'll show up again. And you can take action. You know what? When uh, you take... Go on, go on. Yeah, go on. When you take action, when you decide to uh, follow that thought, you know, to go somewhere, do something, contact someone, or to take some sort of action, then what you want to do is celebrate. 
because this is reinforcing the idea that this wonderful spiritual gift of intuition is actually valuable, is actually being useful to you. As you celebrate, and the way you celebrate is just find somebody that wants to um, celebrate with you every time something good happens. And you'll celebrate, you'll be available to celebrate with them when they have something good happen, and they can be available to celebrate with you. And what you do is you just describe, wow, I had this really strong idea to go somewhere, and I had been wanting this one item, but I didn't want to spend that much money. And I went to that place, and guess what? I found what I wanted on sale. Exactly. Many people will call that a coincidence or synchronicity, but it's really not. It's really the messages, and you're following the clues from this universal energy guides, teachers, holy vibrational beings, God himself, whatever you wish to call it, that works with us in the form of energy. You could even call it source of coincidences. Yes, (laughs) you could call it, but I like to call it many little miracles and messages. Now, I'd like to give an example of how this works. This, This is a little example that happened many, many years ago before I was involved in this work and put together the pieces of what we're discussing here today. Uh, you know, the gratitude the formula and understanding the CSO, and which I, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you've written. Uh, but I'm going to give you a little story very briefly. My daughter was little, and everyone used to say she should be in commercials. But I thought there was too much rejection, perhaps, and maybe not the best environment, so I didn't pursue it. And one day when she was in second grade, she was in a little play, and she jumped off the table, and I heard everybody gasp, and I took notice. And then the next day, I was looking in the paper, something I didn't always do, and I saw a tiny, tiny ad that was looking for children for a Mr. and Miss Long Island contest that could be a segue into commercials and film. I really don't know how I even noticed it, but something made me uh, register my daughter and my son, who was only three, because I didn't want him to feel left out. And as it turned out, someone, a manager, noticed my son, not my daughter, and I brought my son to him. I had to drive quite far to, to bring him there. But when I was there, I showed him a, do- a picture of my daughter, the way she really looked. The day of the of event, I had her dressed up in a party dress, and they don't really look for that. They look for real kids. So when I showed him the picture of my daughter with the braids and her tomboy look, he said she had a great look for commercials. And the next week, I brought her back, and she read for him. And he came out and told me she was quite talented and would make movies. And, uh, of course, I didn't (laughs) know if that would be so. But we gave it a shot, and she had a very, very successful career and developed all her gifts and talents. And it was because the intention was there, not even for me, but for her. And I followed up on the clue. And mm-hmm. and it's what we're talking about here. We are receiving help to pursue our greatest desires and abilities, but we have to be able to pay attention and go ahead and make some choices uh, that take us out of our comfort zone sometimes. But 
Yeah. I would call that following intuition and instinct and guidance from the universal source. But let's go on to what emotions can consume and prevent us from noticing possibilities to achieve our goals. You talk about this in the book. I do. And and the the thing about intuitive messages is that they're always being sent to us. They're always, always being sent to us. And it's it's whether or not we notice them and have the courage, as Steve Jobs said, mm-hmm. to follow our intuition. So with that in mind, there are some emotions that can show up that prevent us from noticing these intuitive messages that are always being sent to us that are supposed to be helpful. And some of those emotions have to do with anger, jealousy, pain, um, unforgiveness, resentment, jeal- I mean, all sorts of different things. And all? I think about. I like to say about, all the dis words, <laughs> the D-I-S yeah. words, dismay, distrust, dis, you know, dislike, uh, disengage, sure. yeah, yeah, all the dis words. But when you're, when you're in that kind of a state, I mean, I want your listeners to think about this. The last time maybe they were really upset or scared or angry uh, with, in any of those emotions, even if another human being came up to them at exactly the set, same time as being really angry or upset about something, they wouldn't be able to have a conversation with them because they're so consumed with the emotion that they're and and the thought and the idea and the experience that they're upset about. So they couldn't even have a conversation with another human being. Well, then how in the world are they going to be able to notice intuition, which is always a still small voice? It's it's a it's a it's something that is more noticeable when you're in a calm state. So our goal is to somehow release those emotions and those ideas and those thoughts that are taking up room within us and not serving us and and release those so we can put them over here on the side and have more room to receive the desires of our heart. Absolutely, and I think you would say to listeners to learn to say yes to prosperity and limitless possibilities and shift from thinking in any fearful, negative way which which disengages us from our true nature of being joyful and positive and productive. I want to thank you, May McCarthy, author of The Gratitude Formula, for sharing with us your CSO or Chief Spiritual Officer, known by some as God, Divine Intelligence, Power, Universal Energy, or as I thought each time I saw the letters CSO, Celestial Spiritual Official, and how a partnership every time the words came into me, and how a partnership and gratitude practice can create new attitudes, awareness, and a path to the life we all deserve, one of joy. To purchase this instructive and practical guide for creating a life of gratitude, go to maymccarthy.com or any online retailer. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have discussed 
a method to utilize the virtue of gratitude for expanding our hearts, minds, and souls to empower our spirit as we begin to create the life we desire by working cooperatively with our CSO for goals that help us reach our full potential. May wrote a story about Albert Einstein that describes this so well. Albert Einstein said that we each have an intuitive mind and a rational mind. A popular quote attributed to him says, The intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We've created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Today, more than ever, we are a society that honors the rational mind. When we have a question about anything, what do we do? We Google it. We figure out ways to get more information, and then we analyze, measure, and evaluate the information. We consider every possible step that we can take and every possible outcome that could happen as a result. Only if we like the outcome possibilities do we act. Otherwise, we usually do nothing. This is not a system for success. May and I would have you begin to trust that small, quiet voice or feeling that suggests you do something courageous and take a chance for change and innovation. If unsure about your intuitive message, just ask for another lead or clue, and most importantly, trust you are not alone in this life or universe and the plan for your ultimate life journey exists within you. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to listen to and read about the wondrous leaders in the metaphysical field of science, spirituality, medicine, psychology, psychic phenomena, and the arts and music who share new perspectives to bring balance, unity, and oneness into your life. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.